0: Welcome back to Tech Talk. This is Jess Kelly with you here on News Talk. Now, a few months back, we heard from my next guest about the work he and his team are doing to identify trends and key topics in the world of news, which is no easy feat in the era of social media and fake news. This week, however they had some incredible news of their own uh, by securing $13 million in funding. Paul Quigley is the CEO of Newswhip and he joins me now. Paul, I'm delighted to have you on the show this week because it is huge news. It's great news. Uh, Before we get into the announcement, though, just remind us what exactly it is that you and your team do.
1: So Newswhip is a predictive media monitoring technology, and that sounds like a mouthful. Um, What we do is we track every news story and social media post as it appears, and we very quickly monitor how much engagement, that means likes, shares, comments, retweets, uh, any given story or idea is getting. And we uh, give journalists and also people who work in communications a real-time picture of which stories and events are kind of shaping up in the world today, getting people's attention and and getting engagement. And um, the the core there, the use case for journalists is to know you know what our audience is interested in today and to factor that in sometimes on into decisions on, on on reporting on what to cover. And for communicators, it's a whole range of different things to understand if there's an opportunity, if there's a crisis and um, whether and how to respond to something or even whether to respond to something at all.
0: Yeah, it's become a vital tool in so many newsrooms around the world already. Uh, Talk to me about the decision to go after funding and what that thought process is because, you know, in the past I've met companies who have told me that it's a bit of a, not a dilemma but a bit of a debate, I suppose, internally in terms of opening yourselves up and looking for funding and obviously you guys have secured 13 million so that's no small amount. How do you go about finding the right partner for something like that?
1: Yeah, so we haven't taken on new funding since 2016, Jess. So we've been focused on building a solid business on revenue rather than on venture dollars, which can go away, uh, as they certainly have in a big way in the last 12, 18 months. And we've been building up a good book of business and focused on on, on building a real um, solid foundation of of the new business. And our recurring revenue now is above the $10 million uh, mark in terms of subscription revenue to our tools. But uh, at the same time, we see this huge opportunity, this peculiar technology we built to be really real time and predictive about the spread of news and ideas has been getting more and more pickup with big global brands like Coke or um, Ford or, or Google or, uh, or even Meta themselves. And... We see this great opportunity. We see a few more things we want to build into the tools and a really rich vein that we can tap into in terms of the value we can provide if we can get better at a few things. Um, So it just looks like it's time to invest um, so we can go and capture this opportunity because we're really in pole position to go after it. So having focused on building the business for a while, it's now shifting gears and really getting into investment and growth mode.
0: And securing $13 million, that's no small amount. Um, How do you go about finding the right partner for something like that?
1: It's a good question. Uh, it can be helpful at our stage to have an advisor. We worked with the, an advisor in Dublin called Pegasus, and we looked at the profile of what, what our company is and who wants to back a company like us at this point in time. Um, You know, we're, we're, we've been around nine years now. So it's less like a venture capital early stage type funder uh, that's a good fit for us. Um, and what we saw is that because we have a really substantial revenue base and we've been operating out of around break-even, um, the kind of long longer term debt can be a good option because it means that you um you don't dilute existing shareholders, there's so still potentially a very good outcome, but you've got the solid business that a lender likes to see as well. So um having looked at a lot of different options, that's that's the way we went in the end.
0: Was there ever a fear, given what it is that you do, that you know, a partner could come on board and maybe interfere or have nefarious motives for wanting to work with you and support the work that you do?
1: We've I think we've always been both fortunate and and maybe also careful about who who our investor base is and even who we do business with. Um, you know, our tools that can track and predict what's happening in real time um can be used for for good and bad. So we're careful about that. And we're also with any investor who we're speaking to, you're you're also doing your own background checks and you're talking to other entrepreneurs they've backed and you you you're feeling the vibes and what they say and what questions they're asking to try and get a sense of, of of what they'd want and and who they are. And we think with Ashgrove we've actually found people who are, you know, a fund that are very entrepreneurial themselves. Um, so, you know, it's finance guys who are wearing jeans instead of instead of uh, suits and who um asked a lot of smart questions about our opportunity and were very bought in on the on the potential of the business as well.
0: Mm. What does this funding mean from a business point of view? Uh, like, what can it unlock for you in terms of opportunities and growth?
1: Well, the the big opportunity where we're going to be placing our bets. A lot of it is into product investment. So, what we're doing today is we're very good at ingesting news stories and social media as it's published and tracking and taking each unit and showing which direction it's going in. And what we've been getting better at is summarizing that information. So you can see in a graph, public interest in anything over time, media interest in something over the course of a day or hours. And we want to get better at providing insights that summarize and just tell people what they need to know. Because a lot of the comms, professionals who work inside a big brand they can be a bit overwhelmed like google gets tens of thousands of media mentions every day mm. so we're already we're very good at separating the signal from the noise but the better we can summarize and get smart at saying hey here's something you might want to pay attention to this is a local news story in arizona but for some reason it's got ten thousand engagements and you know and it's got a negative sentiment uh about your company and you know, maybe some other elements that we could learn and be good at highlighting for our users. So a lot of this is about both bringing in new data sources, improving our engineering, um, our infrastructure so we can deliver information where and when it's needed, and also summarizing that information in useful ways.
0: You mentioned there about having a large subscriber base, which is obviously fantastic. um, And it is a tool that's used in newsrooms and other business rooms, I suppose, around the world. Uh, Has there been any impact as a result of the tightening of the belt in the tech world and other organizations in recent times? You know, are people looking at the software that they're paying for and going, maybe we could do without this? Or have you built yourself into that corner where you're now a vital utility for a lot of the companies that you're working with?
1: Yeah, like we, once we're embedded in an organization, we have really, really high retention, much higher than most kind of companies that do some kind of media monitoring or social listening. And that's because when people have got used to this real time picture of what they need to pay attention to or not, it's very hard to take it away. You're going back to, you know, here's what happened 12 hours ago and the kind of things that traditional media monitoring tools provide. And it's, so we have very good retention, even in a down cycle. What's hard is to tell the story um, to people in comms to say, hey, we know you've got this. You think you know what media monitoring can do, but there's a whole new world that's possible. And that's very much a storytelling challenge, a go-to-market challenge, and a kind of sales process challenge, uh, and as well as our product, making it easier and easier for people to quickly see the light and see how useful it can be in their work. So... You know, what we where we'd see the challenge would probably be in new business and getting people's attention. And fortunately, we're a time saver. We, you know, our work with with Co. Globally saves people a lot of time. It saves companies money. So we'll probably be emphasizing that a little bit more going into 2023.
0: One of the things we spoke about on the show last week with Kira O'Brien, and I also spoke to someone at Intercom about it a while ago, was the rise of ChatGPT and Google's Bard and a lot of these sort of AI bot things that are coming to the fore. Uh, one of the selling points, I suppose, is that it helps people find information they're actually looking for. Uh, but is that type is that type of technology going to be beneficial for your business model? And is that something that you've looked at?
1: It's it it could be uh, like we're doing some summarization already, like um, if you log into a Spike dashboard, you can, you know, some little uh, and you put in a search like I put in a search for Coca-Cola or World Cup or Super Bowl. And we'll be saying, hey, this engagement is up from last week, like some simple summarization information will be there. We're not at a chat GPT level of of um, uh, kind of text summarization and LP the, there's probably is applications here, but um, what we don't want is a lot of kind of clever text that might be right or wrong. People rely on our tools for precision, really good summaries of exactly what's happening. So, you know, ChatGPT is, is, is famous for kind of sounding very confident, sometimes getting things right, sometimes getting things wrong, summarizing things pretty well. So I think that's the kind of technology we could layer into what we do, but you'd need it You'd you need to make sure you are retaining the level of accuracy that our that our users want.
0: Yeah, and that's one thing I touched upon with Kira last week, and it's something I've been thinking about quite a bit, actually, with you guys in mind. Is that you know we're getting more of these tools to tell us stuff, but if the stuff isn't right, then it's just noise in a new way in terms of delivery. Uh, I think it's an interesting one.
1: Yeah, it's um, like we were very focused on giving very precise information and useful summaries and insights about the real world outside. And I mean, there's still great NLP applications there. Um, But sometimes that information is just best summarized on a graph or -hmm. it's best summarized in a way where it's easy for people to click through and see what's driving the claim you're making. So you say, hey, engagement is up this week. The way way we build our product, we want to be able to click on that statement almost and see, well, all right, what are the stories? Okay, it's those news stories. Well, which one's got the most engagement? Let's click in there. Okay, well, which Twitter accounts for sharing those? Because maybe that'll tell us about more. So we like uh, uh, quite an exploratory platform. We have the surface information, but we want to be able to serve people who want to go deep and really understand what's happening. So there may be a, a path to... Bring the best of both worlds together. There,
0: in terms of the delivery of that information, because I agree, I think it can. It's always important to see sources and to be able to verify that the information given to you is correct. Um, but have you looked at other mediums? I don't know whether you know how viable it would be. But in terms of sound bites or videos, or is it still easier? Not easier, but is it still the best method? I suppose to present the information in the way that you are doing it.
1: I mean, it's, we think a lot about the information delivery at the right time to the right person. And uh, what we've seen explode is the use of our email digests and email alerts. And what that looks like is a company... Like Coke or, or or Google will set up alerts for media in a country on a topic they're interested in. Like the World Cup was very big for Coke as a sponsor this year. And they want a little digest of what are the most shared and talked about stories and maybe Facebook posts, public Facebook posts. And um and they but they also want to be alerted if something is kicking off. So uh the most important thing really is then that they don't need to be logging in and exploring and checking a dashboard every hour or every half hour. That, that information gets pushed to them at the right time. So we think in terms of our customers and value delivery, that's the thing that we really want to get right is the delivery of the information. And the formats might be different. Maybe the email comes and you can click and it will take you into Spike, our real-time platform, and you can explore and see what's driving it. But a lot of the time, those email alerts, people just read them and they know everything is fine and they get back to work. Uh, so you don't need to have too much information there as well.
0: In terms of your staff, uh, just remind us about the types of people that are working for you. Are they, you know, uh, engineers? Are they journalists? Are they people out of college? What sort of mix do you have?
1: Uh, we have really wonderful people, Jess, is the first thing I'd say. Uh, we've been hiring um, always with a view to finding people who are very smart, competent, competent, um, trustworthy, who are builders and 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 creators. So you know that can be people who are pretty fresh out of college and people who are older too. There's a kind of a vibe of cooperation, supporting our clients and building something cool and unique together. And um, in terms of the kind of roles that we're hiring in in Ireland, there's it's it's engineering and design roles currently. So product design and front end and back end engineering roles. Uh, internet and there's also going to be uh, some sales roles internationally that we're looking at. Uh, we're going to be building out a little bit more, but I mean, that's a bit more weighted to, towards New York. And our customer success team is a bit more weighted towards the US generally, because that's where most of the uh, our biggest customer base is.
0: Well, look, it is great news, and it's great to see you guys going from strength to strength. I'm very excited to see what you do next. Uh, Paul Quigley, thank you so much for joining us here on News Talk.
1: Real, real pleasure, Jess. Thanks very much for having me.
0: Now, when we come back here on News Talk, we'll hear about the long-awaited rise of Femtech.